Okay, great. So what does flow mean to me? Uh, well, for me, I think the, the concept of flow is a little bit difficult to get your head around at first until you've experienced it. And we all have at one point or another because flow to me is just like this, this sense of complete focus and clarity. Like you're exactly where you need to be. Time starts to slow down. You could be stuck in something for hours and just not even look up or realize. It's like uh, a musician like just seeking to learn or, or master their favorite song, for example. Like I play guitar and I got obsessed with this song by the weekend who I didn't know who that was until like last week. So like oh. this, <laughs> this crazy popular artist who has a bunch of really popular songs, which I had heard, I had never put two and two together. And I got obsessed with this song called Blinding Lights and I had to learn it. And I like created a whole, uh, you know, like mission for myself to go pick up my guitar and find a way to do it and put it in my key and my register. And I made my own version of it. That's like a cover. And cool. I actually learned to play and sing it in like a whole afternoon. And that's an example of going into flow. Uh, and then I called up a friend of mine who I went to college with uh, on FaceTime, who we used to all hang out on his dad's boat in the summer and like listen to the concerts out at Jones Beach and play guitar and hang out and like drink and swim and make love on the boat. It was just like one of the most incredible times of my childhood. So I call him up to be like, oh, I just learned this new song. And all of my friends who used to hang out on the boat are all there. And I played it for all of them. Even though we were in California, we're quarantined, they're over in, in Long Island. I was like, this is so cool. What a perfect like flow moment. What a perfect serendipitous moment. I had this desire. I acted on it. I got into flow. I trusted. And then this amazing experience happened as a result. And it really brings tears to my eyes. So that's, that's what flow means to me. That's awesome. And I, I totally get that. I described flow as um, it's a place where you get to your heart space, where your intuition and your soul lives. But you said something important. It's all about trust as well. You're trusting yourself that you're taking a step out, you're trusting the universe, you're just, it's all about that connection, making that connection with your soul and what you want to create or birth or the next project that you want to bring to light. Yeah, because the world we live in is, is contrast, it's duality, right? It's yeah. finding those balances. And one of the, those contrasts and dualities is this, this idea of like fear and being closed. Like we have an opportunity to be afraid and closed off. We have an opportunity to expand and and go past our comfort zone and, and do things we're afraid of. And it's almost like trusting the universe, trusting God, trusting whatever you believe in to catch you, even if you take a leap. And yeah. uh, when you do that, amazing, miraculous things can happen. Yeah, 100%. And also because of what's going on in the world right now, which we won't get into because everybody's familiar with it. But I believe... <laughs> you heard you're on planet heard, Earth in 2020. You've heard there's some challenges. <laughs> just a little. I've heard, um, but I think I'm looking at it as this is a way for everyone to awaken to new ideas, new thought processes. And I know you talk a lot about abundance, which I love getting out of that scarcity mentality. Um, and I think that it's really important that people look at this as an opportunity instead of going into that fear and chaos that we're always getting thrown at us from the TV and constant, constant fear mongering. 100%. You know, at the end of the day, we don't get to take anything with us, right. right? So all the people that are hoarding all the marbles, all the all the hippos, all the hungry, hungry hippos that are grabbing for all the marbles, you know, buying up water rights and pretending that human beings aren't equal, you know, and maybe they're not equal in the marketplace, but they're definitely equal at the level of, of the soul and, and emotion. Yeah. You know, they're, they're not going to die any richer than any of us, right? We're all going to leave what was left behind. Like I read books about 
Julius Caesar, who was a great man by all you know measures of the word for his time, right? And, and obviously, if you judge people by the values of your time, when they lived in a very different world, uh, you're going you're gonna to have problems with that. But for his time, incredible man, united the world, killed a lot of people doing it, you know? Uh, yeah. But for who he was, he really changed the world and created a different world. And when you think about the abundance that was created and all the, the, the new laws he enacted and all the, the people that, that thrived, Western civilization really thrived as a result of that. Um, and the people around him, all they wanted to do was tear him down as quickly as possible because they felt slighted. So like, there's always going to be people that go out and do their best work and live their best life and really exceed and, and you know, push the boundaries of what's possible. And there's always going to be people that want to tear them down. So if you choose that virtuous path, if you choose what you believe is right for the times that you live in and you really push for that, you're going to be, you know, hopefully not murdered on the steps of the comedy (laughs) by your best friends, but your best friends, right? Yeah, exactly. But at the same time, like you got to realize like there's going to be people are going to try to tear you down and that's just part of the game, you know, and that's that contrast and that duality as well. So, I, I look at abundance as an opportunity. It's an opportunity to create it in your way, in your time. Like we have real opportunities to create massive abundance in ways that human beings forever will will cherish and, and maybe appreciate it, maybe not. But food, utility, shelter, education, like we're getting to the places where these are, are going to be ubiquitous and abundant. You know, we have battery technology. It's going to last a million miles in cars. We have solar technology. It's going to be on our rooftops. We have, and look just like, you know, roof tiles. We have uh, vertical farming and ways to produce food that is more abundant than it's ever been. Like if you read 2000 years ago, they had grain shortages all the time. They know where to feed all the people and they had way less people. So like we've already come so far and there's so much, but we got to go further. We got to be picking up the mantle. It's like a, it's like humanity is like a big relay race, right? And yeah. they've gotten you to this meter mark and now you have to pick up that baton and go to the next meter mark and run that, that race as hard as you can for as long as you can until inevitably you know, from dust comes to dust again. Yeah. And pass the baton on to the next person who's going to exactly. run while you kind of fall back a little bit, which is Absolutely. okay. Absolutely. I, I love that you talk about abundance and it's so funny because synchronicities are all around us all the time. And I just actually made a video yesterday. I haven't even posted it on how to forget about the haters and just do your thing and just go for it. So I love that you said that. And one thing that you do is, I mean, I'm, you're, you're so incredible. I mean, you're an entrepreneur, an investor, a futurist, a coach. You're, you help so many people to rise above, which I love, and get people that are struggling to have their message and just be who they are and their gifts out into the world. Um, and one of the things that you do very well is there's, there's a lot, but I wanted to narrow it down. You've got masterminds, but affiliates was something that really was close to my heart. And I'd love to ask you a couple of questions about affiliates. Sure. Affiliate and your marketing. Experience. Happy to, happy to yeah. chat with that. Yeah. So uh, affiliate marketing for me has been a huge piece of our business. Uh, we've done a lot of it over the years. I think most successful pieces were probably, you know, we just got finished with the Ryan Levesque launch. That went really well. He had that quiz funnel masterclass. We're actually going to be working with him on some other stuff. Really excited about all that. Uh, but Tony Robbins was the biggest one. Probably we, we just came in number eight out of 5,000 affiliates for Tony Robbins. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So it's all the team. I don't take any credit for it, you know, and, and we had, um, 
investing backing. And actually, financially, it didn't really even work out for us. It was, it was actually kind of a, uh, you know, with the timing of COVID and everything, it did not work out as way we hoped it was going to. Like the, the year before, it was such a great um, success. And nobody went really heavy. And then yeah. everybody went really heavy this year. And the timing just made it awful. So uh, no, no fault of anybody, you know, just it was what it was. But um, we learned a lot of lessons and we, we actually revamped our entire business model as a result of all that. So wow. I, I always look at it as even when bad things happen and, you know, you can say $300,000 going out and only $100,000 coming back is a bad thing. Um, but for now, right? Because if you set up a different engine, if you set up a new evergreen engine of prosperity that allows you to then touch people and reach people regardless of promotions, launches, et cetera, now you have an opportunity to really shine uh, regardless of the climate, regardless of the season. So I'm really excited to see where this goes. We're, we've been working really hard these past few months to get like our book funnel in place and the upsells so that we can liquidate ad spend. And then, um, you know, we have outbound outreach starting, you know, we're, we're starting to call people who buy our book and things like that. And we're booking a lot of calls and podcasts and just this momentum is starting to build again, even though we, we took a bad turn. It's not anybody's fault. We all did the things we were supposed to do. It just didn't work out. Uh, but maybe in the long term, it works out even better as a result. So again, maybe it comes back to trust. Yeah. And maybe you were supposed to pivot, you yeah, know, it was supposed to pivot exactly. with all the different environments that are going on right now, you know, the world's changing so fast. Um, for someone who is a, a smaller company or even just an entrepreneur who's really trying to get the word out about what they do and they want to have a launch, um, I guess for someone like me who might think, okay, I'd love to work with affiliates. But a Tony Robbins seems far out of reach because he's so big. What are your thoughts on someone who's smaller, who's kind of just beginning to dip their toe into that well, ocean? That's the really cool thing about Tony and Dean's launch. I mean, I give a lot of credit to Dean. Tony's obviously the biggest name, but Dean really understands how to market on the internet. You know, Tony yeah. built his business in the 70s, 80s, 90s. He's not as, it's not as intuitive for him, you know? And he's a great man, like no, no question. Like he's a Julius Caesar type. You know, he's like a very strong presence. He's been a huge influence on my life. I'm going to get to go to Fiji and spend time with him. I'm like super excited to meet and spend nice. time with him. Yeah. So, um, you know, Tony, uh, however, like I think Dean brings more of that, that kind of new media side to yeah. the fold. Like he really understands how, how, how the internet works and his team is really geared towards, towards that to the point where they've teamed up and did this huge launch, this comeback challenge, which crushed it. For I that. saw that. Yep. And Pete Vargas did one that was massive uh, right before that. And Pete is on the speaker team with us. And, you know, he does all of the, you know, he helped me get onto the speaker team with Tony and Dean and, and do their workshops and everything. Nice. So just seeing these guys do what they do best. is so inspiring. Um, you know, if you're just starting out, like I wouldn't put yourself in that headspace. Like these are multi, multi-million, if not billion dollar companies that are, are doing things at that level. You got to really focus on the basics. You got to get that foundation in place. If you're just starting out, you know, you can be an affiliate for Tony and Dean and learn how that process works and get some of that background. Like they'll take you on if you have zero sales, you know, like there's a lot of people out of those 5,000 affiliates that didn't make a sale or made their very first sale, but they understand now how, how a big affiliate launch works when there's tens of millions of dollars flying around. You got to like understand how that all works and there's a formula to it. And Dean's like the master at that. So, you know, I highly recommend joining a launch. You know, you could reach out to these people and just say, Hey, I want to become an affiliate. They may or may not accept you, but find one that's like legit, like a Ryan Levesque, a Dean, a Tony, like a really big one yeah. and follow the process. Just learn the process because there's so much that goes into it, both behind and in front of the scenes. 
that you can begin to learn. And then for you just getting started, the most important thing you could have, and, and it ties together, so I'll, I'll wrap this all in a nice and neat little bow, is when your offer is dialed in, you know who you, you serve, you have a way to generate leads at cost. So yeah. like right now, we have a break-even book funnel. That, what that means is we advertise our book, and then there's upsells for the book, which allow us to break even on that ad spend day one. Okay. And some days it's a little better, some days it's a little worse, but overall the goal is to acquire lead as cheaply as possible, if not free. And when you can do that, now you can scale, right? There was a, there was a great um, story that Russell tells in his book, Traffic Secrets, about when he was starting ClickFunnels, it was $250 for him to acquire a customer for ClickFunnels, which would pay $97 a month or whatever, and they would break even month three. Okay. And he was talking to some VCs and they're like, well, that's great. You, you know, your CPA, you know, you know that you can break even, you know, your average customer, like you should go out and spend $10 million and, and acquire 40,000 customers. Right. And we'll give you the money. and We'll do that. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. I actually shut those ads off that were getting me customers at $250. They're like, why, why would you do that? Why wouldn't you scale your company like that? He's like, cause I need to break even. I can't, I can't afford the luxury of giving up half my company or going $10 million in debt in order to grow, I need to break even on these customers as soon as possible. So instead I sell them a book and then, uh, and then this, and then that, and then the other thing. And then I break even on the front end so that I can sell them click funnels and, and it's all profit. Okay. So it's all about creating that foundation. Yeah. That foundation is important. Foundation. So then once you do that, once you have that and you have your core offer and you're, you're generating, you know, break even leads or, you know, cheap as possible. And there's a lot of different ways to generate cheap leads. There's quiz funnels, there's there's book funnels. There's all kinds of different funnels that allow you to do that. But once you have that one piece, now you can start generating those and you can sell them other products and services. You build a relationship, you sell your thing, but then you sell them Ryan's thing, you sell them Tony's thing, you sell them Dean's thing, you sell them whoever and whatever they might be interested in. So by really understanding and building that knowing, liking and trusting with your audience and having a way to generate leads that break even, mm -hmm. now you have an unlimited machine essentially that can grow and scale indefinitely and you have multiple additional revenue opportunities too. So, you know, we get nice little commission checks from all these different people to the tune of six figures a year that, you know, really help us fund our, our business. And it, it creates no additional delivery for us. Right, it creates right. no additional customer support for us. It creates no additional work for us really, except for, you know, crafting some emails, which a lot of it's swipe copy and we just tweak it to our own needs. Right. Which is pretty so easy. It's a great business model. And then people are like, well, why would I send, you know, another thing that, that affiliates always say is like, why would I send for other people when I'm supposed to be selling my products? Well, I, I agree. You should try to sell them your products first, but not everybody's a good fit for your products. Not everybody wants to go all the way with you. Not everybody resonates with you and that's fine. So right. that's one side of it. And then the other thing to consider is it's not your lead. It's your lead right now. It's your turn, right? Right. <laughs> market right. For that person. But right. they're on your list. They're on Tony's list. They're on all these different lists. So the ones you can get to first are better. And then we could go into all the technical stuff, first cookie, last cookie, all that stuff. But it's really irrelevant until you understand the basics, right? If you really understand the theory and the principles behind affiliate marketing and why to do affiliate marketing, how to do affiliate marketing, all the little nits and bits and, you know, cookies and tracking and all that crap can be figured out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I understand. I appreciate that. I mean, in terms of knowing if an affiliate is right for you, because I get calls all the time, emails, I'm sure you do too, every day about, you know, how would you like to work with us? What are your personal check marks, if you will? What, what marks the box that you would say, yes, uh, this will work for myself? Yeah. And I know that if I can speak to 100 people at one time, it's worth my time. Okay. 
you know, in, in the balance of things. And eventually that'd be 500, eventually be a thousand. Like if you go to Dean with anything less than a group of several thousand people, he's, he's going to say no. So you just have to decide at the level you're at, at the game you're at, and the amount of time you have and the amount of engagements you can possibly do if you jack your calendar completely, which I don't want to do either, right? I want to have some free time. <laughs> you know, you, you got to decide like, what's the size of opportunity that makes sense. And then uh, that would be like one criteria. And then who are you needing to be speaking to? You know, what are their demographics? What are their level of success? What, you know, what, what group like really is ideal for you? So for me, it's like, I need to speak to at least a hundred coaches, consultants, experts, speakers, authors, some sort of leaders, facilitators, speakers, whatever it is to make it work for me. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. And you also have to know your target market, obviously too. It's gotta be 100%. some sort of, yeah. Cause then I can say, Hey, you know, go check out my, my book. You just pay for the shipping. It's free. We bought it for you. It's at eightmanmastermind.com. And, you know, on and on we go and, and people who are interested in masterminds or want to build one, they're going to check out the book and I can make a little bit of money on the front end. And ideally some of them end up working with us and, you know, that's a, everybody's happy with that. Do you think that your business right now is 50% masterminds and 50% affiliates? Uh, I would say about a third of our revenue is affiliate, give or take. Yeah. And then the vast majority of it is, um, you know, coaching, consulting, uh, and our, our flagship program. The main thing we do is our flagship program, which is the build a mastermind program. And then now that I have this whole mastermind vertical set, it's like, it's kind of doing its thing. We're always making tweaks and updating things, but it's basically set. Now we're going to work on the money one because I used to run a hedge fund and that's, that's something I've always wanted to do is help people kind of get their money figured out. And I've got five steps for every one of these processes. And I got a marketing one that's coming next, you know, (laughs) after that. So like five steps for masterminds. It's like very simple. It's dream it, you know, test it, sell it, build it, scale it, right? Five yeah. steps for money. It's like, okay, cash in the bank, life insurance, portfolio assets, real estate, high risk. Okay, cool. We got our buckets. And then marketing. It's like, okay, we got our, our free plus shipping. We've got our uh, audio book. We've got our, you know, 77, 97 and $5,800 program or whatever it's going to be your five buckets. I haven't quite hashed all of that yet, but <laughs> But there's a, there's a method and a, and a formula to go and create all these different things that if you can keep it simple and explain it simply, then people will gravitate towards you because complexity is easy. Complexity is like, it doesn't take a lot to be complex. It takes a lot to make it really simple and easy to follow. Yeah, absolutely. That's where the and genius lies. On both sides of the fence, for you, on your side, for your team, and also for the potential customer coming through and how to walk them through that. Yeah, absolutely. Because there's a million ways you can go with it. I'm always yeah. trying to figure out wait, simplify. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, and I've realized like I'm about to turn 35. I'm as young as I'll ever be and I'm as good as I've ever been up until right. this point. Right. So it's my responsibility at this stage of my life where I have the energy and the time and I don't have kids yet. So, you know, let me create as much as I possibly can. So we have these revenue and annuity streams that we can serve more people and it becomes less and less and less on me and my efforts over time. So when I'm 45, I'm not looking around and being like, oh my God, how do I hustle to make a few bucks, you know? Right, right. And that's a perfect segue into my next question, which is evergreen. And we've talked about this. So you, you build something that's ultimately going to work at least, you know, you might roll it out in January, you might roll it out in, you know, November, and then it's next year as well. Do you, how much of your business is along the evergreen lines when you're thinking about building something, whether it be membership or affiliates. What's really cool about all these verticals we're tackling, marketing, masterminds, and money, and we'll do other ones eventually too, but those are the three I'm working on right now. Excuse me. What's really great about those, they're all kind of, you know, yes, they'll change. Marketing can change. Money's going to change. 
masterminds are, are pretty stable. They've been around a couple hundred years, oh, right? Yeah. Um, there's a right way and a wrong way at this point, I think, to run a mastermind. And I want to teach people about it. So, you know, when I'm thinking about those things, I, I think like, okay, you know, what's something that's going to be a thing for the next 10 years at least, yeah. right? Yeah. If not 20, 50, or 100. I think all three of those things are going to be consistently things for the next at least 100 years. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because you can't absolutely. predict the future, but you do your best with what you got, right? Right, but yeah, you absolutely do. You do your, the best you've got, you know, use your best information, make those decisions. But also, it's important that you can see five years, 10 years down the road, even if you just take 10 years and you can at least say, you know, okay, I know this is going to work for me 10 years. I have to tweak it, obviously, but that's mm -hmm. normal, right? It's going to stand over the test of time. So uh -huh. I guess my question is, and I think I know the answer, but I'm going to ask anyway, is... Sure. Putting in the right amount of work to make something like this really flourish uh, is critical. How do you handle it when, let's just say, you know, you've got your affiliate, everything's going great, and then all of a sudden they might just fall off the face of the earth, uh, or they just don't restart returning calls, and you're already kind of down the line with them. You're already working on stuff. How do you handle that? Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, every time I hear a question along those lines, it's like, oh, what about this one? Well, it goes back to the abundance principle. If your pipeline isn't big enough, fat enough, strong enough, flowing hard enough, you're going to get hung up on one person or one deal or one thing. And right. you got to stop taking things so personally. Yeah. Right? It's like yeah. people have a million reasons to do things and very few of them, if none of them, have anything to do with you. You know, maybe that person got sick. Maybe they got sidetracked. Maybe they weren't as good as they thought they were. Maybe they you know, had a family emergency, maybe whatever, right? Who cares? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe they took reason. on too much. Maybe who knows? They're yeah, too maybe they took on too much. Maybe they overpromised and they can't deliver. It's, it's fine. And if you have 50, you don't care about one. You care about the 50. If you have 100, right. if you have 200, even better. So, so abundance is really about having a strong pipeline. That's true whether you're in sales, whether you're in marketing, whether you have a business. It's just always have another one. So you can easily say next, learn the lesson, update and just keep going because it's not about any one interaction there's seven billion people on this planet yeah you know yeah. soon to be eight billion pretty soon and and a lot of them probably would need what you have to offer and we're only yeah. just now tapping into like universal language translation and and stuff that's going to really kick this off so if you oh, can, now you're talking my language <laughs> yeah if you can dominate in english you know whatever niche you're in like you're going to open up some incredible things in the next five years five ten years as people get more on the internet as people start to communicate more easily um you know, I think the, if you ever read the book, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, there's a little fish that could translate any language and you put them in your ear and you just travel and talk to anybody in the whole galaxy. I didn't read that one. Yeah. Oh, wow. so like, I've I think heard of the, it. I think the digital version of the, the Babel fish is on its way. It really is. You know, it's coming yeah. very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome because that's kind of what I like to do. So that's a good thing for me. I mean, um, you know, talking about people who are multifaceted and who can do a lot of things really well. What about telling your story? How important do you think that flows into anything that you do, whether it be a mastermind, whether it's affiliate? And what would you, what would you I guess, what would you um, recommend if somebody has a story, but they don't feel comfortable actually putting it out there themselves? They need assistance. Yeah. So um, let's just start with why stories I believe are important, you know, for an evolutionary yeah. perspective, because stories conveyed information in a, in a sense that allowed you to resonate and um, create empathy and also learn information that was crucial to your survival. So that's how stories became so important to humans. Yeah. And you need to recognize that whether you like it or not, whether you're good at telling stories or not, people really 
understand and relate to stories because it's an evolutionary imperative for them to get the information they need to survive in their environment. Yeah. And whether you realize it or not, when you start to tell a story, people shut up. Yeah. They start listening. They tune in. It's like a, it's, it, they can't help it. <laughs> so if you're going to, if you're going to influence people, if you're going to impact people, you got to learn how to tell great stories. And if you're not great at telling stories, you need to get great at telling stories. And, and stories aren't that complex. There's, you know, a few elements. I call it CDC. That's the first set, right? It's okay. uh, character, desire, conflict. There is a man or a woman that wants something, but this is standing in the way. There you go. Little Red Riding Hood wants to visit grandma, big bad wolf. That's, you, can, you can start any story in two sentences and people are already engaged, right? Right. They're right there right. with you. Yeah. Then, okay, then you have two hero's journeys. You have the yeah. overt and the covert hero's journey. The overt hero's journey is this happened, then this happened, then this happened, then this happened. The covert journey is like, what had to change about that person in order so that they could get what they originally desired and overcome the challenge? Right. And that's the covert journey. That's where the emotion comes in. That's where people really start to resonate with the character. Yeah. And then finally, the lesson or the, the moral of the story to wrap it all together in a nice, neat little bow. That's the simplest story structure I can give you. That's every Hollywood movie. That's every great story. That's everything that, that gets people where they need to go. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. You know, and that could be a simple story. Like I went out to pick berries and the lion attacked me and, and <laughs> you know, I, I ran away and I ran up a tree and it was okay. And make sure you double check for lions before you go pick berries. Right, that right, a very exactly. simple story that was passed down from, you know, hunter to gatherer to hunter to gatherer for however long, and it helped people survive. So start thinking about your stories and the way you want to convey information in that format uh, in, in your life, right? When people come to you with a problem that you're going to solve, let's say, okay, well, I got this problem with mindset. Well, I remember when I used to deal with mindset issues. Yeah, yeah I still do. Guess what? You know, <laughs> this particular one I dealt with in this way and I got this issue and this issue and I started thinking, well, what, what about that? And you just tell the story of it and all of a sudden you've solved that person's problem and they love you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's a lifelong thing, right? Trying to uh, tweak on work on our stories and, yeah. and how and, we're looking at the world. And, and I'll and, be real with you. I'm not great at it either. I have to like stop myself and remind myself, tell more stories, but that's yeah. the way people want to learn. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, in terms of telling our stories, I guess a lot of us think that for me, it's always about, I want to help people and save them the struggles that I went through. So if my story can help someone else, then, then if they can see my struggle and know that not because I've overcome it and I'm so amazing, but this is going to save you time, money, and pain. I feel like that's where the real triple threat is of people go, okay, I get it. And, and how can I use that to move myself forward mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in stories? Yeah. And even then people need to have their own emotional experience at yeah. their own timing. Right. Right. So, you know, I love this quote. It's um, a fool repeats their mistakes. A wise person learns from them, but a genius learns from the mistakes of others. I've always tried to be that genius. I've always tried to listen to other people's stories, listen to what went wrong. Like I've got friends that have gone through the most awful divorces and I was a child of divorce. So I was like really afraid of getting married for a long time. And then over the time, I realized like, wow, I've done so much more work on myself and been so much more committed to myself and my growth journey and the people I've, you know, and who I'm dating. Like, I actually am not afraid of getting married anymore because I understand like all those pieces and I can mitigate the risks of all the legal stuff by just creating my own agreement. You know, I don't need to, to make it exactly what everybody else is, you know? Right. So like, that's one example uh, of things like that where you can overcome because you have a different perspective. 
And your personal story is going to resonate with many people. And I, you know, it's so funny you're saying that divorce because I think it's all about changing our own personal stories, to be honest yeah. with you, how we, how we perceive things. In other words, the first thing you said and the first question I asked you was, you got to get out of that story, that mindset about how somebody smaller might not, they'd feel uncomfortable potentially working with a Tony Robbins who's a master or somebody with a really large following, but that's all about the story in your head. Who am I? And you did a very good, I just have to bring this up because you did a really good um, podcast that's up on your website, which is Make More Marbles. And um, this was the conversation about you, you said, what am I valuing and believing that's leading to the thoughts, that's leading to the actions and reality I'm in now, and how do I shift that to get where I want to be? And that to me is hugely impactful mm. because that to me is all about what I'm trying to do with my life and so many of my entrepreneur and, and business friends are doing. And it's, it's about shedding those old stories and that old self and moving into that because how you talk to yourself is so important. Yeah. Well, and, and reality is made up of what we value and believe because, right. you know, it generates everything. It just does. So, and you can shift those values and beliefs. You can. I mean, we're shifting our values and beliefs whether you like it or not. Like I'm super extroverted and I'm on quarantine. So I almost <laughs> have to shift my value set to survive it. Because if I'm like so butthurt that I can't go out and see my friends, I'm going to leave, it's going to lead me to do things and be things that, that I can't be or do right now. Like I can't put other people at risk. I can't put my own self at risk. You know, my mom, God forbid something happened to her. She's, she's on dialysis. Her kidneys are shot. She can't get coronavirus. My, her mom died of it. It's like really screwed up. So like, I got to make choices that I normally wouldn't otherwise make based on my values. And there's no judgment about these values. It's just sometimes they need to shift to fit the circumstance in which you're trying to create. So like, if you want to build a business and you don't value discipline, you're screwed. Yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> you you know, are. You need to be able to value and cultivate discipline in order to create the responsibility and take on the responsibility to create the freedom that you want to create. Because those are, again, dichotomous, two sides of the same coin. Yep. You know, we live in this world of paradoxes and dichotomies, and we need to be able to reconcile those for the pieces that we want in our life. And you can add everything you want in your life. You just can't have it all at once. So you have right. to make choices. I'll work on my business now so that I can do whatever later. Right. Yeah. And that's what most of us do. And self-discipline is huge. If you're an entrepreneur yeah. and you're just starting. <laughs> that's it. It's, it's massive. Like I, I tell everybody, if you're under six figures, you need to focus on like four or five things. And the only four or five things you should be doing. And 80% of them are 80, 80% of them are sales and marketing. You got to learn those two things. It's 80% right. are sales and marketing. The rest should be like personal development, discipline, building the right habits and creating an environment. Right. That's it. And when you get to six figures, now you got to shift gears because what got you there won't get you there. Now you got to yeah. think, okay, how do I build a team? How do I become a better leader? How do I create the right systems and processes in my business and SOPs? It's what not to do. It's not what to do. It's what not to do. Right. right? Now because you got to make it about how they can thrive. Yeah, because there's so much information out there and then you just get confused and you get stuck and you don't do anything. So yeah. you're like, and then you got to learn financial management. You got to make sure that your profit margin stays, you know, within a reasonable bound. Um, then, okay, you want to get to seven figures. Now you're mid six figures, right? You're trying to push to seven or eight even. Now it's all about the key people that you can hire to run the business. You know, you're, you're bringing on people that are salaried now and not contractors. You know, you're bringing on people that have equity in your business. Ideally, uh, you're creating partnerships and yeah. you know, it's like partnerships process people. Those are like the three main things to master to get to seven figures. And I've, I've built three seven figure businesses now at this point. And, you know, I haven't been able to sustain one for a long, <laughs> a very long time or I sold my share. Or, you know, I didn't love the business that I built. So, you know, now my journey is like building this eight figure empire uh, which requires me to change my values. It requires me to shift what I believe about myself and the world. It requires me to be disciplined 
in a different way. So like now my whole journey is like, how do I um, focus on one project at a time? Right. How do I set the standard for my employees? Yeah. How, do I, how do I really create processes that they can follow while reassuring them that, hey, we're figuring this out together. Like I don't have all the answers either. Yeah. And letting them go and figure it out and fail on their own. All right. Because if I get hammered with a million questions to ridiculous scenarios that may never materialize, then I fall into that trap of what if, what if, what if. Right. So I'd rather right. just give them the rope to go hang themselves. Say, so here, this is our best shot. Let's take it and let's learn from it. And then we'll do better next time. Right, right. What drives you? You've been so successful. And what drives you every day to get up and really want yeah. to try things and be fearless? Well, that changes too, right? So uh, in the beginning, it was a lot of pain, right? It was a lot of like, I don't want to be like my dad. He was an alcoholic. He died when I was 24. Uh, I don't want to be like the people I grew up around, you know, very small-minded, a, yeah. a lot of hate, a lot of bullying, a lot of bullshit. I didn't want to deal with that. Uh, I don't want to be addicted to drugs or alcohol anymore. Like all of that, like I wanted to move away from my old self, like as yeah. far as I could. Yeah. Um, because I recognized that if I really wanted to make an impact on the world, which is what I always desired to do, I needed to be that person, right? Because yeah. yeah. what you want, you have to become the person who can have it right. effortlessly and right. show up. Yeah. And now, okay, well, that only gets you so far. That just gets you out of pain. Where do you, how, how do you go from there? Well, you got you to gotta really acclimate yourself to something so pleasurable that it drives you forward. It pulls you to your, to your ideal perfect future. So yeah. it's harnessing that desire that we all have within us to create something, to be something, to give something that nobody else could be or create or give because you're a unique soul. I feel like there's 10,000 possibilities for your life and a lot of them are painful yeah. and, and a lot of them are really great and magical and miraculous, but you got to take those, you know, those immediate actions to, to put yourself on that path. I really feel like, you know, we're learning more about the way the universe operates and we're seeing that uh, when you start to study like spooky quantum stuff that when you have a, a vision in your mind, you can create it in reality as yes. absurd as it might be. And if it wasn't possible to create it, it wouldn't be possible to envision it. Right. That's what Steve Harvey always says. If you can dream it in your mind, you can, if you can see it in your mind, you can hold it in your hand. Mm -hmm. And I, I just keep thinking that I'm like, wow. So it's really not limited by my own, you know, experience. It's not limited by my own, understanding or capacity, it's limited only by my imagination and my willingness to trust and take action. Right. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And it's all about what you can see. And if you can see it, it's gonna, you can make it happen. I yeah. believe that. You as can well. see it up here. It's not even in reality. Like there's so many things that you think about that exist. Like we have a supercomputer in our pockets yeah. that costs less than a thousand dollars that, that can connect us with anybody on the planet earth that they didn't, that president Clinton didn't have. Yeah. You know, the most Crazy, powerful right? man in the world 30 years ago couldn't have conceived of the thing we all hold in our hands now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's going only going to get crazier from here, I promise you. So, so whatever your crazy idea is, I just want you to know it's possible because you had the idea. And funny things have always happened in, in, in history. If you start to study history, like the steam engine was invented in four or five different places simultaneously that had no knowledge of each other. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. So like cool stuff like that has happened. Wow. Like once it's in the consciousness, it's almost yeah. like who's going to get there first? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you better hurry because <laughs> Elon Musk is going to get there first. <laughs> he's already he, in the stratosphere. He, he everywhere. <laughs> that guy's amazing. 
I can't even keep up. I can't even keep up with that yeah, guy. But he also doesn't sleep and his family life is on the rocks. And, you know, if you, if you want to live that life, you can have those kind of results too. He's also a freaking genius. You know, there's no yeah. taking that away from him. I have, so, I have a, I'll, over here, I have something, this is all my goals from what I want. And it says genius is born crazy. I always have that because I've always felt like we all have that spark inside us and it may, you may put it out there and think, you know, this is crazy. Nobody's going to believe this. I always think about Steve Jobs and I always think about how he went. Can you imagine him going into that meeting? Okay, guys. So I know this is just a phone, but I have this cool idea, right? Yeah. People must have been like, this dude is crazy. This is never going to work. How are we going to do this? It's going to be so hard. I mean, it's, it's almost inconceivable, but now, like you said, it's just a normal thing every day. Nobody, yep. right? Yep. All the good so, and all the bad. It's all here now. It's reality. It's not going away. There's options for everybody. Options yep. for everybody. Yeah. Steve well, is an interesting story. I mean, he's, he's such a, a crazy good storyteller. He's such a crazy, you know, genius. And he's such a, genius. like a, 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 a curmudgeon of a man. Like he wasn't really that good socially or yeah. dealing with people, but he made it happen. Yeah. And he was uh, and, genius and yep. inventor. Like he yep. was crazy good. Yeah. Well, I can't thank you enough. You have been so gracious with your time. I, I would love to know what you would like to leave the listeners with. And it can be anything from uh, an affiliate tip. It can be anything from a, a life tip or anything sure. that you want to impart to them. Yeah. I mean, I would love for you to read my book. If you can check out 8minutemastermind.com, that's 8minutemastermind.com. You can get uh, some free bonuses about how to create masterminds. You can get the book for just shipping to your door. Uh, we have a bunch of other really great resources with that. I, I feel like if you're going to build a business, a mastermind is the best way to start because it's no inventory, no overhead, rapid iteration. You can get it off the ground in a couple of weeks or less. Um, and uh, it's high ticket, high impact, high, high touch. Uh, and you can really like build from there. Once you have that piece, like it's really easy to build lead magnets. It's really easy to build courses. It's really easy to build events. It's really easy to build trips. It's really easy to build retreats. It's really easy to build all the other pieces of your business when you start with a mastermind. So I, I love that as a beginner tool. Uh, and the book shows you how to get started. Perfect. So we'll have a link below for that. We'll have all the links up to your information and to your website. And I can't thank you enough. I'm so honored to talk with you. I love that you gave me some time and getting a peek inside your head and kind of what's worked for you. It's really valuable. So thank you so much for being well, here. Thank you, really Julie. I'm so it. grateful. And thank you for everybody awesome. for listening. I hope you got something great out of this. If you'd love to reach out uh, and, and just let me know what you got out of this, you can hit us up uh, on my Facebook slash Brad Hart, B-R-A-D-H-A-R-T. You can reach out there or um, send us an email, support at makemoremarbles.com. We love reading from people that, that we have impacted in some way. Awesome. Thank you so much, Brad. You have a great day. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thanks, Julie.